Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to Inside the Firm. I'm your host, Alex Gore. I'm here with contractor Lance Psycho. How's it going? I don't know. We're trying to figure out crawl spaces. It's annoying. Yes. I, when you were doing all that, I was like, oh, okay, I got to figure out. I have a crawl space to figure out, too. Just let you but know. But yours is a new house, right? Yes. Easy. So I just got to decide just if tied it... Into the, tied into the existing... Tied into the new uh, uh, HVAC system, yes. the ductwork. Well, all I have to determine, is it? And if it's not, then we're just going to punch some holes and vent it in the concrete. Not that easy. Nope. I would not suggest Boy, that. Why not? Are you not getting my emails about uh, this wonderful product? This It seems like a very promising product. Okay. I, I saw that, but that has to be way more expensive. It's not. How much do you think it costs? That? Um, on a, on a, on a uh, 12 by 14 little addition off the back of a house, how much do you think it costs to implement that system? 300 bucks. Uh, it's about 500 it, it, on the two of them that we've done between six and 700 bucks. Okay. So six and 700 bucks. Yep. Um, this is a whole new house. So it'd have to go along the whole thing to make it even. Right. So now we're talking about, it's going to be like $2,000 at least where, Hey, how, how do you deal with the grade? So let's say, let's say you put a, uh, a vent in the foundation wall. What do you do with a grade at that point? Well, we, we could put it, what do you mean? Um, Think about it. Here, here's the other scenario. Why not put it in the floor box level? Huh? Floor box level. I think it looks like shit on the siding. Fixed budget, Lance. <laughs> Fixed budget, <laughs> not just bill the client. Fixed budget. I think it looks like shit. Hey, I, I think, uh, you know what's so funny? You see over there, you see that there's a building over there. You see all those punch outs for the vents and everything? Yeah. On the wall. And, and they're colored the same thing. I've been with developers who said, those are, those are ugly. We cannot have those. And then what happens? Then they do another solution. It's way more. And they go, well, I guess if they paint it in, you don't really notice them. Yeah. So I guess if we paint over it the same color. We could. You won't really notice it. We could. Either way, you got to figure it out. Yeah. It's a pain in the butt. No uh, real good way around it. All right, friends. If you're wondering. Actually, the real good way around it is run a freaking piece of ductwork down there. Supply yes. and return. Done. Yes. Done. Exactly. That's the easiest, easiest yeah. way. Um, but if you're curious about something else, and if you're curious like, hey, guys, this is all great construction talk. You're very entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> why did you start the <laughs> podcast, podcast like, like that? Uh, because it's called Inside the Firm. That's there why. There you go. Uh, and you want to learn Revit, you can learn from our us truly, Lance and Al, teaching you at RevitRocketship.com, where you learn Revit families, Revit modeling, Revit projects, and you get our template and our system that we train people at the university, at other firms, and our own firm, RevitRocketShip.com. That's one way. If you're like, I don't even have a computer or my computer sucks, maybe you should get one from Dell. But maybe you should go to dell.com forward slash inside the firm, click save now, save 5% on everything else that's going on. Now you just saved some money and you learned Revit. What are you going to do next? Go to the moon? Huh? You're going to go to the moon That's next? what I was trying to do. Uh, low Earth orbit. Oh, okay. Leo. Not, not all the Leo. way. Leo. 
Come on, Leo for short. You plebs. <laughs> you plebeians. Exactly. Yeah. Do you even know space? Yeah. Are you and your firm still working remotely? We aren't, but you might be. So the logistics of putting together a project might be daunting when no one is in the same room, right? Well, ArcCat has a solution for you. ArcCat's charrette allows you to manage projects and specification documents online with multiple team members, discuss products, configurations, outline specs, project photos and documents, and more on one page, along with the ability to access product information, specs, BIM, CAD, and the patented spec wizard from anywhere in the world, Charette can help your firm get more done no matter where you or the rest of your firm are. You could be on the moon. Look at that. You or lower the or orbit. You could be in, you or Leo. You could be. <laughs> it is possible. Uh, you can even promote your firm's project when you're done. And like all of our CAT solutions, it's completely free to use. That's right, free 99. So check it out at arccat.com forward slash projects. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com forward slash projects awesome what do we got next now the butterfly effect because now what happened i don't know it says the doorway effect oh the doorway effect yeah that's not the butterfly effect is it equivalent though like you open one doorway you shut one doorway another doorway opens in your mind and that's the problem okay explain expand exactly so i as one who has been on a construction site since he was 13 one thing i've noticed is Especially if you are working, if you're doing construction projects and different tasks, right? So, like, let's say you switch. Let's say one week you're doing siding, and then the next week you switch to a roof. Uh, then the week after that, then you switch to interior doors. And the week after that, blah, 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 right? You see yeah. all, like, there's different stages and tasks, right? What I have noticed is that the lead always remembers the process. But everybody who's following the lead doesn't remember the process. So what I'm saying is like, okay, let's say we're, right now we're, we're, bu- we're building on two different sites. And right now the guys are doing um, siding. In a couple weeks, I'm, I'm, they're going to switch up to another site and do the roof. Previous to them doing the siding on the other project, they were doing the roof. I think, and I, I, there's a pattern of, oh, I almost forgot how to do the whole thing. And I think it has to do with something called the doorway effect. But okay. But I think it's a. I think it's. And somebody needs to do a study on this because it's real. This really happens, right? Okay. Let me explain to you what the doorway effect is, and what I think this is called is I think it's called the construction site or construction task effect. Okay. Okay. It has to do with the, the how you perceive the world with three dimensional. We perceive the world in three dimensions, and we move through it in the fourth dimension time, right? The doorway effect. Why do we? So this is on uh, scienceabc.com. The d- the doorway effect. Why do we forget what we are supposed to do after we enter a room? Psychologists mm-hmm. believe that passing through a doorway and entering a different room creates a mental dimension time portals. The mental block in the brain, which means that walking through open doors resets the memory to make room for the creation of a new episode. This is generally referred to as the doorway effect. Right. So imagine you're sitting in front of your television. You're watching reruns of your favorite TV show, which is Star Trek. Star Trek, a commer- <laughs> They're they're not in low low e- Earth orbit. They're beyond. They're out there. Yep. Different different places. Five year mission. A commercial comes on, so you want to change the channel, but the TV remote is nowhere to be found. You shout to your mother, wife. or in your word, in your world, Al, your okay. wife in yep. the other room, and she tells you that it's lying on top of the refrigerator in the kitchen. 
Sluggishly, you head for the kitchen, but suddenly your phone buzzes. You pick up the phone and check your recent messages as you enter the kitchen. Once you're done with, with the phone, you look up and realize you're in the kitchen, but for some reason... Don't know why. Why am know. I here? Am you I getting peanuts? Am I getting peanuts? Chips. Probably. Probably chips. So I get chips. Especially if it's Friday. So yep. I got chips yep. now. Now what happened? Then you say... So you got, So then you're like, yeah, I'm getting some chips. So then you say, then you say to yourself... Uh, why did I come here? What was I supposed to do here? After I, trying, I already got the chips. After trying, to, and you're already into the chips. After trying to recall what was what was it that brought you into the kitchen, you give up and head back to the TV room without ever accomplishing your original task, i.e. fetching the remote from the kitchen. This is a classical example of how we sometimes forget what we're supposed to do as soon as we enter a room. If you think that you're only the only one who experiences this, let me tell you, you're not alone. It can happen to the most brilliant people with the greatest of minds. In fact, it happens to everyone. So well, I think it would happen to like Einstein, you know, like he'd be like, what am I doing here? Like the professor syndrome. They like literally are walking on a campus. They look up and they're like somewhere else. They turn around and then they're like, what? Like it just happens. You know? So don't you think it has to do with the physical space? Well, or the physical structure, the physical, the, the physical, I'm telling you, there's something to this because it, it's been happening over at the job site. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> you've done this before. How are you forgetting? Because I, I guarantee you when we get to the next job site and yep. we do the same task, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to do the roof. Then we're going to do the siding and windows. Uh, Tyvek, then we're going to do siding and windows. And then we're going to, you know what I mean? Then we're going to do, it's yep. the same sequence. Well, here's something to maybe help that in two different exactly. ways. Exactly. How do you help that? Okay. So let's go to the theory of memory to begin with. And then we'll apply it practically, right? One of, have you heard of memory palaces? Mm-hmm. So basically you take, let's say this, this whole building complex, and let's say you're trying to memorize 20 things, right? You place whatever that first thing that you have to memor, memorize like in the doorway, right? And then the second one at the stairs, and then the third one here. And you have to make it vivid or interesting. So like make it like interact with the space or make it like make like Conor McGregor. Let's say you're supposed to remember to buy Al sunglasses. You make Conor McGregor punch Al in the eye and then glasses fly off. You're like, okay, I got to buy Al sunglasses because Conor McGregor punched him in the face or the other way to do it. So this will come back full circle is like you make it interact with the actual building. Right? So let's say, um, there's this guy named Blake Lake, Blake Lake. Right. And I have to remember him and I'm in this room. Well, all of a sudden the floor is going to become a lake. Interesting. Right. And the, it, it interacts with not just seeing a lake, like the floor becomes a lake. Right. And then all of a sudden when I see it, I was like, oh, Blake Lake, you know, that makes sense. <clears throat> so it's positioning things. So let's go to your two scenarios, right? One scenario is the remote on top. If that happens all the time and what could piss people off is like, they really want the remote and now they got chips and they're back on the couch and like, I gotta get up again and get their Oh, remote. that would piss me off. Right. So, Hey, the remote is on top of the kitchen. Guess what that remote is made of? The same thing Thor's hammer is, and it is on top of the refrigerator, and it busts the refrigerator. So you get distracted. You go over there, and then you remember, like, something was crashing through the refrigerator. You're like, oh, the remote is up there, right? So that's, like, a personal trick that you can use, right? Now, getting back to, so let's say it was something about, let's say those guys are trying to remember, and it's hard to explain this all to them because they probably won't use it, but let's say there's four steps to a roof. And one of them, let's say, give me the first step. Just give me something. Okay. You're going to do, you're going to do all the underlayments and the drip edges. Okay. So what, what I would visualize is like a whole bunch of water 
coming on like pouring on it so all the underlayment and then the drip edges and i would make the water like spurt out and like lance is sitting there on the ground because lance is a contractor and it would violently go on his face because lance is telling me what to do but now i remember okay that's the first step and then the second step would be Uh, actually the roofing okay placing the roofing on and maybe securing little pieces. So when I hammer down and nail through, like I'm almost punching through the whole roof. Yeah. Like destroying the roof, right? That's a personal thing, but you went to a better point. And the better point was the lead remembers, the second guy doesn't. Yes. So that, that that's I think the crux of the issue. So there's there's the lead almost, always remembers, I'm telling you. Yeah. This this would happen to us when I wasn't when I wasn't the lead. We would get we would go from house to house. Go to a different house, and then he, and then the lead would get pissed and be like, "What the hell, guys? We just did this." Yep. But you're at a you're at a different physical location. I I I think that that is the problem. So that's other than personalizing it mm-hmm. for a personal. How do you systematically do it? So let's say Lance, I'm the lead on this project, and you are just the guy following whatever I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, hey, this is great, but we're gonna build this next time. We're gonna build this next time. And you're going to be the lead on the next one. So you have to teach it to either me or someone else. And all of a sudden they go, okay, purpose. I'm not just hammering because Bill tells me to hammer. I have to remember these. So like you almost have to switch leads or tell them because it's by teaching, you know, the first thing is you read a book that doesn't help too much. Then you do what the book says. Oh, now I experienced it. Okay. Now it's a little bit more ingrained second level black, second level. And then now I got to teach it to someone. Now I got to like, holy crap, I got to tell Lance what this book is about. I better really know it. So now you're at the third level of memory. So that's where you have to tell the people like, okay, they read the stupid manual. Now they did it. That's second level. Third level is, hey, second guy, you got to teach it on the next one. Yeah. Got to switch leads. You got to switch leads. I know at some point, at some point, at some point, the lead has to, has to hand the baton over. Yeah. But why does the lead not have the same problem of go- of doorways? Because he's teaching it. You think you think that's what it really comes down he's, to? He's huh? teaching it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, what a struggle. Either way, it's a it's a problem. Um, yep. I don't know about that. I guess maybe because the wife in what? the scenario, the wife knew where the remote was, so she was teaching the husband where the remote was, and then yep. he went through the doorway, so he, he it was he was still affected by it. Yeah, because he didn't teach it. That's true. Maybe maybe the doorway effect goes away when you're. When it, maybe that's just it. Maybe that's just it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, it's an issue. So just be aware of that. Yep. Be aware of that. Like if you're going to go down the my point my point with it was like if you're going to go down the construction path and start le- leading leading people and all of that, it's 100% okay to be a little bit frustrated with with this problem because it is a problem that occurs and I I think it's twofold like we just talked about. Um, and then you just got to figure out how to turn that, turn that around. Yeah. The other thing that I don't think people do that I consciously do, and I don't know a good way to saying this. And I'm, so I have to steal Jocko's word is squeeze your brain. Mm-hmm. People don't like every time when I sit down, like someone asked me about this design or whatever, I have to go, okay, they presented this. What's a different angle? What is the environment? 
what is like, I'll come up with solutions rather quickly that people will be working on for hours and hours and hours. And it's always because I'm squeezing my brain. And the first thing I go to is like, okay, what's the environment? You know, like what's the landscape? Can I use that? And I'll ask different questions based on different projects. But like, I think people just like, they just go blank. They don't take the thing of like, how do I, how do I squeeze my brain to actually try to think about this? Yeah. Because we've had questions like, I'm more of a novice at construction than you. Yeah. But you know, if you've given me a task, I can normally do it. You'll even it if out. I haven't done it. Because I'll figure it out. Yep. Al, would you, next thing, would you like to know why we are living in the weirdest economy ever? Because we are. Well, tell me why. Okay. So uh, the Atlantic put out this great article. I don't usually say that often because I think the Atlantic puts out not so good articles most of the time. They have their own little agenda. But uh, this was phenomenal. And I think it was the best breakdown as many... uh, If anybody's been paying attention at all to Wall Street since uh, mid-March, they might be wondering, hey, we're hearing all of these crazy things like 14.1 million people are unemployed. Oh, uh, millions of people have lost their businesses. Oh, we have like civil unrest going on in the country. And yet the socks are just flying high. I mean, everybody in our firm um, jumped in on the dips. And I mean, some of the gains that everybody's passing around and talking about in the office are are like phenomenal. People people are just, and it's great. It's It's thrilling for them. But why, right? So I want to read this article. It's titled, if you want to go look for it, it's called, it's, if you go to the Atlantic, just Google the Atlantic, three reasons why stocks are rising. But it's not so much about why stocks are rising. It is, well, kind of is, is, is this. The COVID-19 crisis is simultaneously thrusting Americans into the pre-urban homestead economy of the 1830s, recreating Depression-era joblessness of the 1930s, and pulling forward the virtual economy of the 2030s. We are living in the weirdest economy ever. In the 1820s, 30s, sense, 30s when they say it, it's because you're isolated. You're not interacting. You're making people. bread. You're freaking making bread. You we had a yeast bread. shortage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, Kaya and I made a cake for, for, for my daughter's birthday. Like we made it the first time I ever made a cake. Yeah. Uh, in at least three ways, this recession is completely biz- yeah. what? No, bizarre on. and histo- ahistorical. And each weirdness helps explain the perceived gap between the stock market and the rest of the economy. First, the economy is not really broken as it was in the Great Recession. And Alex and I mentioned this. When the housing market uh, collapsed like a wobbly Jenga set, as the stock market, labor market, and manufacturing industry all came clattering to the ground all at once, instead, a global pathogenic pulse whose reverberations are being felt in every corner of the world has suddenly interrupted an otherwise normally functioning economy. That means we can't solve the economic crisis until we solve the public health crisis. But that logic also leads to the assumption that if the public health problem is solved, the economy recovery could be quick. That's why stocks have jumped on optimistic rumblings about vaccine trials. With every company, when every company is in the plague business, every stock is a vaccine stock. And every cheery vaccine headline is corporate equity stimulus. And by that, I mean, it's just a, that's the idea behind the stock market is it's a, it's a bellwether for optimism. It's not a reflection of. Well, if you know what the NASDAQ 30, the Dow 30, what they are, they're only comprised, each one of them are about 30 stocks, the top stocks. So when you look at that chart, yeah. they're not including all stocks. Yeah. They're just including 
the good ones. Yeah. You get kicked off of those pretty easily. Yep, exactly. Well, I mean, unless you're Johnson and Johnson, you, it's hard to get on those. Let's put it that way. hundred percent. You need to be one of these fortune blah, blah, blah companies, yep. right? A big, a big one. Yep. Second, this crisis combines an unprecedented shutdown of the physical economy with an unprecedented federal effort to distribute emergency cash to tens of millions of families. In April, consumer spending suffered the worst drop on record in the same month. That personal income saw the biggest increase on record. Did you know that, Al? Say it again. Read that again. That's exactly what the article says. In April, consumer spending suffered the worst drop on record in the same month that personal income saw the biggest increase on record. These are the government just handing out cash. You were getting $600 extra on top of unemployment. Oh, plus the stimulus to plus everyone. Plus the stimulus, yep. yep. So just funny money all over the place. Whatever. So where does that money go, Lance? Stockies. Over to the stock market. Uh, am I right? Um, it sounds, or in the bank accounts, as they're saying right there, right? Everybody's actually, our savings actually increased for the first time since like the Reagan era or something. Uh, it sounds total, totally implausible, but here's how it happened. As department stores, restaurants, and shops close, consumer spending and un- okay, we understand how employment. Yeah, blah blah blah. blah. Uh, so that's the third. Here's the third reason. Okay, third, although retail is in the toilet, just about everything that has to do with housing, and this is why I'm bringing it up to architects like us and contractors, everything that has to do with housing is fine. New home sales are higher than they were one year ago. Do you know wow. that? Mortgage applications are higher than they were in late February. Wow. Grocery sales have boomed. And Wayfair furniture sales are up. This one, this one really hit me in the in in the capitalist heart. Thumbtack, an online marketplace for independent workers such as yoga instructors and electricians, and yours truly, is showing a full recovery in home construction, home maintenance, and moves. With the physical economy shut down, Americans have been sent back to the 19th century economy before the boom in urban services, when families cooked, cleaned, worked and reared children, and cared for animals at home. So there you have it. I would encourage everybody, that that's pretty much the article, uh, sums it up. Well, but, another, in, but isn't that a good analysis? It's a good analysis, and then you couple that with the technology and how easy it was. Remember when we got into the stock market, who knows, five, seven years ago? Yep. We had to send in paperwork, we had to wait like four or five days, we had to like scan our driver's license. You'll like this quote, right? This is later. This is at some point. It doesn't matter. Uh, I didn't read this part. It was like at the beginning of the article. Quote, Americans have shifted spending to the virtual economy, compressing 10 years of anticipated e-commerce growth into a matter of weeks, which is insane. Right. So, and then think before even seven years ago, how you had to, let's say you saw a dip and you had some extra cash like everyone has. Mm -hmm. You'd have to go. I don't know. Maybe you have to show up at Goldman Sachs. Well, dude, no, no. Like maybe you have to physically show up. I have bought. I have bought. Uh, I have bought a stock. One of the first stocks that I bought in this in this round yep. was a, a paper stock because it's not. You can't buy it digitally right now, and so I'm getting actually the physical form oh, sent awesome. to me. Yeah, yeah. Bring that in so we can see it. Yeah. But anyways, with apps like Robinhood, all these people with these extra cat cash can put it in. And this isn't just me spouting out. There's articles and numbers. The Robin Hood, what they call retail investors, which just means normal people, have taken over the stock market. Um, and if they weren't in, it'd probably go a lot lower. And the big banks and, and stuff, and the big people are actually kind of upset about this because they're like, it should be going lower. It should be going lower. And it might go lower. Who knows what's going to happen? But it's like, oh, you're mad because now that technology was given to everyone and they bought, they bought on the dip. 
and you were still waiting and then you didn't. Yeah. So get him where you fit him. Yep. Cool. Uh, speaking of good things happening, which hopefully the economy continues to get better. It is going to. Yep. Next Friday, next Friday, we are doing the art cat art cast 2020. So what that is, is podcast hosts. So you'll know a couple of them. Mark LePage from Entree Architect, Evan Troxel and uh, Cormac Phelan of Archie Speak Podcast, and then Dimitri Lynch from Spaces Podcast. Um, from one to three on Friday, we'll be doing basically an art cast. And, and this was because this was going to happen at the AIA, right? Yeah, we did this. We did this last year at AIA Las Vegas. We were going to do it again this year, and then the world went crazy, so we didn't do it. <laughs> So we're doing it virtually. So you just go to artcast2020.com. That's A-R-C-A-S-T 2020.com, 2020.com at the time of the virtual event. One to three mountain times. So yep. Just convert that, people. And uh, and check it out. We'll, it'll be awesome. We have some we have some excellent guests lined up. It's just this, it's, it's sort of this beautiful round table. We're going to be talking for two hours, business, current economy, future, all, all the good stuff. Uh, we'll be there. Yeah. Cool. Check that out. All right. I want to talk about something. Time management. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like most of the time management advice is consistent? Yeah. Exactly. Right? It's consistent. It's, it's do it this way, do it this way. Like, I'm, there's fringes, but there's probably five or ten things that time management people say, right? But what if you're in different roles and time management should actually change, right? So think about growing. Think about what you do, and then if you're growing, if someone's gonna change into a different role. So time management is different from a management, a manager's perspective or a maker's perspective. So Lance, let's say you're a manager. What you should be doing in time management is react, you're managing multiple, multiple projects and multiple issues. It's about quickening that feedback loop getting the information where it comes. You're basically a dispersal system. You're basically a glorified trained signaler. That's all you are. And you're putting out information and, and, and making it go as quickly as possible to the right people that can. But what if you are a maker? If you're a maker, that kind of time, time management is actually very, very poor. You're being interrupted all the time, you're thinking about different things, and you're not focusing on your work. So you should actually be more isolated, more time block mm -hmm. sensitive, and more take out the distractions. And here's why I say it, is because I think sometimes, here's where the problem comes. If someone's coming from a maker over into a manager and they're in that pattern, they need to switch, right? They need to switch the way that they're thinking. Or if you're a manager and you are pushing your time management system on the makers, you're interrupting their production time. So just think about those in those two different ways. And especially, I think it'll be useful if someone's being promoted. They have to think about it differently, right? Mm -hmm. And if and a manager, also, you can't be interrupting people all the time or else they cannot do their work. Can you be both? You made me think, can you be both? Yeah. I, I think you can. Here's one example on, on the job site. From 8 a.m., to 10 it's a big job site. okay maybe people are coming asking questions you're sitting in the middle you're okay so you so if you're going to do both i think we're going with this is you got to compartmentalize when yes. you're doing when you're when you're in 
a particular role. Right. I would agree. But but Lance, sometimes you can't do both. Like, no, you you can't. Right. I'm saying it simultaneously. You can't. Yeah. So for example, when we were doing this job site, Lance had to make stuff. So he was up, up doing stuff. And literally, I just had to just sit out there and just answer questions and stuff like yep. that. And like literally, sometimes I'd have five or ten minutes free, not not answering things or figuring stuff out. But that's just what it is. Yeah, just what it is. Just the nature of the game. So yeah, there you go. <coughs> I got yeah. a listener question for you. Sweet. I'll read it to you. Okay, good. Okay, here we go. We have been working with a client for one and a half years. Uh, to design a small custom home. In that span time, we have designed three homes in an effort to meet the construction budget. Our latest design met their construction budget, but they are now unhappy with the house and unwilling to increase their construction budget to meet their desired project scope. The project scope has also increased since the original design agreement, but they still want to build within their overall original budget. Our design agreement specifically states that we have no control over construction pricing. The client is now asking for a monetary refund from us since they are not able to build a house with all their desired elements in their budgets. Have you dealt with this situation before? If so, how did you handle it? What would you recommend? I think we only asked, uh, there was only one person that ever asked for a refund so far. And that was, that was really weird. That was really weird. And, and what it made me realize is like, you need to be very clear that you, my time is worth something. So you, you, my time and my drawings are worth what I build you. And that's, and that's what led to, to us doing the graphic, uh, the graphically explained proposal. I realize this is not answering your question. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It, it sort of is because what we had to say, there's two different people you could be dealing with right now. The person that we were dealing with, I literally just didn't think about it. They did not think about it. They didn't squeeze their brain. They said, hey, I can't build that. Can I have my money back? And we literally said, um, no, you can't. As you saw throughout the process, we invested time into designing these drawings. We can't give you back the money because we cannot reverse time. We cannot take back that time. It's impossible. Literally like, oh, okay. Sounds good. Like kind of rational person just didn't think about it in the beginning you know kind of putting out a whim there um maybe upset that you know we can't get the time back right if we give you the money back does that mean we get our time back boom that's how you freaking answer the question there you go nailed it yeah awesome who uh, whoever that was great question send them in send them in every 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 friday we should have questions coming the other thing too is we've learned this the hard way too we've put in our contract if the project changes by 10%. 10%. That was Al's inclusion. Smart Al. Yep. Because we've gotten we've gotten screwed on it. And maybe you get a little bit screwed on this project. And then maybe you adjust from there. So. Yep. All right. What do we got next? ARE Jeopardy. All right. First question. What is what is not? One of the three main forms most modern cities are based on. Which one of these is not? A, cluster plan. B, satellite plan. C, multifocal. D, finger plan. Gresh, get it right. Squeeze your brain. Squeeze it hard. See what comes out. Is it good? We got a D. 
We got B, D, and we got D, finger plan. No, it is C, multifocal. I just made up. So what a C is C is the answer. Yep. So cluster, satellite, and finger. So finger is a road. Satellite is, uh, you know, basically satellites shooting off and then kind of like a bubble diagram. And cluster is everything clustered together. All right. Question two. Electric current flowing in one direction only is called A, circular current, B, direct current, C, linear current, D, directional current. A, circular current, B, direct current, C, linear current, D, directional current. B, B, C, B. It is B, direct current. There's only two types of current, direct current and um, AC, alternate, alternate current. Alternate, yep. DC, yep. AC. Alrighty, number three. What is the best method of venting a crawl space? <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's so weird. It really is. Okay, A, insulating the perimeter, providing a one a class one vapor retarder and mechanically venting with the supply and return. B, insulating the perimeter, providing a class one vapor retarder, and providing passive vents in the rim joist through the foundation wall. C, providing passing vents in, in the rim joist through the foundation or through the foundation wall. Or D, mechanically venting with a supply and return. Do you need those repeated? What is the best method? <laughs> Just if I don't know if did you can make hear. this up or was this? Did you? Total, this? I am the ARE. I should end carb. You need to hire me. Because yeah. that's exactly why. Uh, okay. <laughs> Number three, what is the best method of venting a crawl space? A, insulating the perimeter, providing a class one vapor retarder, and mechanically venting a with a supply and return. B, insulating the perimeter, providing a class one vapor retarder, and providing passive vents in the rim joist through the foundation wall. C, providing passive vents in the rim joist or through the foundation wall. D, Mechanically venting with a supply in return. What is the best method? What is the best? What do y'all think? Hi. Uh, we have A, we have A, we have A, we have A. Congratulations, boys. That is actually the best. Sometimes you can't do it, though. We okay. covered that. Time out. Your C and D don't even work. Okay. I buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, number four. In a high wind area, what is the best method for fastening horizontal fiber cement board lap siding to the walls? A, face nailing the siding to each stud. B, blind nailing the siding to each stud. What do we got? Need it again? <laughs> That's it. There's only A and B. This one's A or B. Sort of like a true 50%. or false. 50%. Uh, we have A, 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 A. Congratulations. It is A. Face nail if you're in a high wind area. All right. How many? Who, who, we got three, three, two, and three. We here. Tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Okay. So how, how will you do it? Read it? I'll read it. Okay. First one to show me. Show me. <laughs> All right. Tiebreaker. It's been like the third episode in a row that we have. We've, we, we finally get to use the tiebreaker. Ready? Tiebreaker. This type of retaining wall combines a wall with tension ties to the retained rock or soils. Nope. Need it again? 
Uh, this type of retaining wall combines a wall with tension ties to the retained rock or soils. Tensile. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, if, if they all guess, and if he gets it, if Gresh gets it after they all guess, then Gresh wins. That's how it works. It's like oh, pff, just death. made up rules. Yep. So give a give a guess. Oh. Type of retaining wall. Yep, type of retaining wall. Name a type of retaining wall. Just name it. Do it. L shape. L shape. Nice. <laughs> nice. Grade tension. Grade two. Yeah. No. Nope. Gresh? Anchored wall. We'll get it. There's probably some collusion in that. Anchored wall. Gresh gets to win. It is anchored wall, though. It is anchored wall. It could be tie back or anchored wall. Tie back or anchored wall. Tie back or anchored wall. That's it. That's it. Go to RevitRocketShip.com. Go to Dell.com forward slash inside the firm. Go to... Go to ArcCat.com. And then also, don't forget... ArcCast. Next Friday, uh, June 19th. At from 1 to 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ARCCAST, A-R-C-A-T, 2020.com is where you'll find Inside the Firm next week. That's where that's where we'll be with all the rest of the guys. Mark LePage, Evan Troxel, Cormac Fellon of Arky Speak Podcast, Demetrius Lynch of Spaces Podcast. It'll be a roundtable. You don't want to miss it. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.